Hi, everyone. Welcome to Face to Face, a UC Davis podcast featuring students, staff, and faculty innovators. I'm your host, Chancellor Gary May. Stay tuned for my next guest. Hi, I'm Kevin Johnson, Dean of UC Davis School of Law and maybe a Paulist Professor of Public Interest Law in Chicano Studies. I've been at the law school since 1989 and have been Dean of the law school since 2008. I've taught a wide variety of courses, including immigration law, Latinos and Latinas in the law, civil procedure, and complex litigation. I also have written extensively on immigration and civil rights issues, two of my passions, and have also been involved in litigation over the years involving the rights of immigrants. Welcome to Face to Face, Kevin. Oh, thanks for having me, Chancellor May. Thanks for being here with us, and happy to have you on the show today to honor King Hall, one of the top law mm -hmm. schools in the country, yeah. under your leadership. Yeah, thank you. Um, now, you've been dean now for more than a decade, right? So uh, how have you seen the law school change in that period of time since you've been here? Um, I think some very positive changes have taken place uh, over the you know 16 years that I've been dean of the law school. Not, I don't want to take credit for them because it's really the faculty, the students, the staff, the alums who, who really made these changes possible. I think that we've seen uh, an incredible um, sort of productivity on the part of the faculty in terms of their research, their engagement with societal issues, uh, and their consistent devotion to teaching. Uh, it's a very diverse faculty. Um, when I joined the faculty in 1989, it was uh, an all-white faculty. Uh, and today, it's a majority-minority faculty with more Asian Americans on the faculty than any law school in the country, including the University of Hawaii. Uh, we also have an incredibly diverse student body uh, with about 60% students of color. Uh, and um, uh, we have about 25% who are first-generation law students and college students. Uh, and we have about the same percentage of uh, low-income students who attend. I, I think that we have really solidified our commitment to being a law school devoted to social justice and social change, uh, and the diversity of our faculty and our student body helps us to pursue those goals, and the fact that we're in a law school building named after Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. reminds us on a daily basis of why we are teaching law for the professors and why we're becoming lawyers if we're the students. That's such an impressive record in statistics. Uh, diverse faculty, diverse student body, diverse curriculum. Uh, why do you think diversity is so important in this space these days? Well, I think U.S. society has a, an incredible array of social problems and social issues that we need to address. Uh, many of them have been with us for decades, uh, and um, not much has happened. Uh, Issues of race in the criminal justice system, for example, have been with us uh, for most of our history and certainly uh, the last 100 years. But now our society is starting to think about things like systemic racism in the criminal justice system. And we as a law school feel that we're ideally poised to, um, I don't want to say capitalize, but to help direct the forces for change um, to to show how we can have a more racially and socially just criminal justice system and to rethink how we might go about policing, how to rethink uh, how we might go about uh, incarceration and, and prisons. So, so I, I, I think that 
uh, we've been ahead of the curve in some ways in thinking about these issues. Uh, and now society has said these are issues we really should address. Uh, the George Floyd case, the, the horrible tragedy in 2020, got many people talking about systemic racism in a way that we weren't talking about five years ago or 10 years ago. And I think that we are ideally suited to talk about those issues and to come up with ways of bringing about change. One of the things we did as a community a few years ago uh, after uh, the George Floyd tragedy is we started a racial justice speaker series at the law school where we had people uh, talk about the criminal justice system, the environmental laws, uh, corporate governance, and how, how businesses uh, are, are, are supervised in our society, uh, and, a, and a wide array of different issues. And the idea was to talk about systemic racism, not just in the criminal justice system, where it is an issue, but in places like immigration law uh, and, and, and related areas, uh, the prison system. Um, and we also talk about racial injustice for a wide variety of groups, for Asian Americans, as well as Latinos, as well as African Americans. Uh, and, and we try to broaden the discussion and raise public awareness of these incredibly complex issues. It's a really important contribution that you're making. You mentioned immigration law, and I know that's your specialty. I wonder what concerns you might have about immigration or immigrant rights today and what reforms you think are necessary. Well, that, that's a good question. And um, uh, I, if smoke starts coming out of my ears, you gotta, <laughs> you got to tell me to stop it. Um, I think that we have to, as a nation, have a profound discussion about what we want to do uh, in terms of our immigration laws. And I think that requires us to uh, have a um, realization that we're dealing with people and human beings and lives. Uh, it's not just, quote, illegal aliens or, quote, aliens. These are people. Uh, and we should, as a society, as a society devoted to, to democracy and equality, we, we should try to treat all people humanely. And so I, I think that we, we need to rethink how we view immigrants, and to think, well, yeah, we, we may need some reforms, we may see, need some changes, we may need more enforcement, but we should always keep in mind that we're dealing with human beings. And one of the things that bothers me, and frankly makes me sad, very sad, sad at times, is that we have a system now where you have desperate people uh, trying to cross the desert, the southern part of the United States, and people are dying, dying on a daily basis. Uh, and um, they're dying f far from cameras, uh, far from others. And um, we know this is happening. Uh, it's been happening for, for at this point, decades. Uh, and no nothing is, is changing. Uh, but um, real lives are being lost. And we should think about whether anything we do in terms of immigration law enforcement is contributing to those deaths. And it's so stark. I mean, there are places in southern Arizona, in, near Tucson, for example, where they don't have room enough in the morgues for the bodies that are accumulating on the border. Uh, they have to get freezer trucks to put, put bodies. And it's, um, you know, women, families, um, children, uh, and you know, the elderly. Uh, and, and to me, uh, thinking about the human impacts of immigration law and policy, uh, and the human loss that we're seeing because of our immigration laws and their enforcement, 
are really where we have to start thinking about uh, change uh, before we can, you know, think about whether things like immigrant detention is permiss- should be permissible or whether detaining immigrant families is something we should have or whether, as uh, President Trump did, we should start splitting up families so that we deter them from coming to the United States. I think it's very hard for some of these very harsh immigration measures like separating families. It's very hard to do them if you, if you realize you're dealing with human beings. And I think one of the reasons that the, the uh, Trump administration did away with uh, the family separation policy was because so many Americans understood that just wasn't right. It's a real sobering conversation and uh, giving us a lot to think about. How do you think the UC system, UC Davis in particular, are doing on these issues of our immigrant student population, undocumented student populations, things we could be doing differently or better? Um, I think, um, and I'm quite proud, actually, of what the University of California system has done and this campus has done with respect to our immigrant students. It was a few years ago uh, that the UC system created uh, the Immigrant Legal Services Center that serves undocumented students and their families uh, on all, all the UC campuses, uh, and it's housed at UC Davis School of Law, and it's housed at UC Davis School of Law because the president of the University of California at the time, Janet Napolitano, asked for me to come up with a proposal for that center, uh, and um, uh, I did, and uh, we offered space to house that center, uh, and students free of charge, um, immigrant students, uh, um, citizen students with immigrant parents, uh, are able to get legal services to navigate a very challenging um, immigration system, and it, it affect you know there there are students who've been in immigrant detention. There have been students in removal proceedings, uh, and the center has provided legal advice, legal support, and I think that's an amazing service that's being provided to immigrant students, and I think that uh, the university deserves great credit, and I and I know that this campus. Uh, has been uh, very supportive of the immigrant student population. It's been very generous in terms of space and creating an AP 540 center, uh, a place is uh, to, for, for immigrant students to feel safe and whole and not under attack. And, and I think the, the campus, as it's moving to become a Hispanic-serving institution, uh, really has done a lot um, to to ensure that immigrant students feel part of the overall community. At the same time, uh, our, our fees aren't what they used to be in the UC system. It's tough for people from moderate means, including many immigrant students, to afford education. And we as a state, we as a campus, we as an overall university have to think about what we can do to make sure that all students who are admitted really have the opportunity to uh, attend uh, University of California, Davis. That's very true. Affordability is a, certainly a big issue, and we're trying to do some things to, to make that uh, a fact uh, available, make affordability a fact of life for all of our students. We appreciate the center's contributions to the uh, immigrant student population very much. Um, now, you're a lawyer, so I'm guessing you have good debate skills, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we're about to have an election year. And I'm sure there'll be lots of passionate debates all over the place on many sides of many issues. What advice would you give to uh, our audience to, uh, for people to be able to disagree and debate, but do so in a constructive mm-hmm. and respectful way? 
No, I, I think one of the skills that many political leaders and many Americans, sadly, have seem to have lost is the ability to disagree respectfully and thoughtfully. Um, I, uh, I, I know that these are divisive times and people have strong differences of opinion. Uh, I, I do think that uh, I always look at it this way. I have members of my family, my wife's family. We're not always on the same political page. Um, and we have to talk about some of these issues, uh, including you know between Republicans and Democrats, between pro-law enforcement and, and more critical of law enforcement. Uh, and uh, I want to uh, remain a member of my family, so I always want to work hard to de- to maybe de- debate and, and argue, disagree, but do it respectfully and thoughtfully, uh, with an understanding that other people come to these questions with different points of view, and we should try to discuss them. At the same time, if somebody's treating me with disrespect and unreasonably, um, I, I'm more likely to disengage and not try to convince them of anything because it, it appears they're not committed to rational discourse. So I, I, I do think that um, you know we, we all should try to be on our, our, our best behavior in talking about these issues in these difficult times. And, and to me, one of the wonderful things about a college campus is it's a place where ideas can be discussed, uh, different ideas can be compared, there can be differences of opinion. Uh, it's I've always found it better to talk um, um, softly as opposed to yell at people and trying to convince them of things. Uh, and I think that um, you know uh, we really should try to, to listen to others. Uh, and uh, sometimes we can convince our, others of our point of points of view. Uh, and uh, that's what we should strive for. One of my mentors said, if you speak softly, people have to listen to you. You have to make, make a point to hear you. So maybe that's good advice. Uh, I'm going to change gears just a little bit. Something we like to do on face-to-face, it's called the hot seat. And um, the hot seat just means I'm going to ask you some rapid-fire questions, and I'm looking for a one-word or one-sentence answer. So uh, you ready? Sure. Okay, here we go. Uh, best TV legal drama. Best TV legal drama, Law and Order SVU. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one, too. Uh, now, favorite food? Tacos. I did hear you have a sign on your door that says <laughs> tacos are always the answer. So, yeah. so that was a trick easy. question. Yeah, easy one. Uh, most influential Supreme Court justice? The good Marshall. Great answer. I like that answer as well. Okay. Uh, pumpkin spice latte, apple cider, or hot chocolate? Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. You're a traditionalist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, this is my favorite question. I ask all the guests. Who's on top of your playlist right now? On top of um, the cramps. The cramps. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, now it's your turn. You can ask me anything. Well, you're the leader of an incredible campus and with an incredible number of events. I can't imagine uh, how many events that, that you have access to able to attend. I'm sure they're all enjoyable. What's your favorite event of all the ones you attend? That's a great question. You know, we both are sports fans, so, you know, mm-hmm. I like to go to the games to, uh, to see our student-athletes perform. But I would have to say my favorite day or days of the year are usually commencement mm-hmm. uh, because uh, on commencement, um, for the most part, everybody's happy. <laughs> the students, their families, faculty, everyone is happy. I don't get complaints in my inbox. It's usually the, the best day or days of the year, so I have to say commencement. 
Kevin, I really appreciate you joining me and spending time with the audience and telling us about King Hall and, and all the things that are happening on our campus. It's an honor. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks to everyone for listening. Tune in next time on Face to Face. Go Ags!